Um, hello and welcome to part two um, to being non-binary part two. Yeah, <laughs> this is the second half of our non-binary uh, episode joined by Kim and Kenny. Um, and yeah, this episode kind of came in later than we uh, were planning. Yeah, we were busy. As, as some of you may have uh, noticed, we were actually planning a whole ass party. Yeah, it was oh, awesome. It was so good. Um, queer Dreams with uh, Kenny and Kim as well. Yep. <laughs> Joined by our third half, Ava, and uh, and Six Island Zine, Iki, e, and Xine. But we'll talk a little bit about the party at the end, so in our yeah. outro. Because now we're going to get into our episode of today. So in this episode, again, we touched upon a whole lot of topics. Um, but while, like, obviously, we listened back to it to like make a small overview for you guys. But um, while listening, we noticed that we speak a whole lot more papiamento in this episode. <laughs> we do than usual. So we thought it would be a fun drinking game to drink every time that you hear us speak papiamento. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But besides Papiamento, we also touched upon different topics like um, uh, if your partner or is the partner of a non-binary person um, pansexual as opposed to gay or bi or lesbian or is that maybe transphobic? Mm -hmm. um, there's also about sexual orientation in general and how that relates to the gender identity. Yeah. We also talk about using wrong pronouns when the non-binary person is not around. You know, meaning how do you actually see the person as a non-binary person or you still have those notions in your head about, you know, male, female, etc. Um, how we define the terms queer, trans, lesbian, and gay. It's a fluid process as a lot of uh, all three of us had noticed during the conversation. Um, and it was also very interesting to have that conversation flow too in that fluid way of like, you know, trying to make sense of our thoughts behind it yeah and there's also like how do you even know if you're non-binary in the first place um i think a lot of uh, other people or just many people in general um don't really know how you uh, can find that out for yourself but mm -hmm. of course uh, this is mentioned also in this episode and um interestingly enough how video games can uh, help to discover this yeah help me <laughs> um and also you know like gender identity uh, can be fluid as well just the same as with you know terms like gay lesbian bi so also like gender identity um, itself and how fluid it can be how um how that fluidity you know works with gender expression gender identity and what that meant for us that was very cool to talk about and also physical attraction is not the same as being attracted to someone so quote-unquote being attracted to someone that was also an interesting topic to them um, that we touched upon and um, also dysphoria and gender affirming surgery um that was a very very nice conversation so yeah um we touched about a lot of subjects yeah and these weren't all of the topics that we talked about these are just i guess a few of the main ones but mm -hmm. there are a whole bunch more that uh we did um talk about but 
yeah, we couldn't like list all of them in the intro, so just yeah. listen to the episode. <laughs> and at the end, we'll talk a little bit more about the party as well. Um, we hope you enjoyed this one just as much as you did the first part. And if you don't remember how much you enjoyed the first part, I go listen to that too. kind of touch upon the subject of like gender and then sexuality um, because recently me and my boyfriend kind of had a conversation about the topic and I just found it like really interesting and wanted to hear other people's thoughts and you guys' thoughts obviously. Um, he was saying that he wanted to switch over to pansex- his identity, he's bisexual and he wanted to switch over to um, pansexual to be more inclusive of me. And um, for me, my immediate reaction was like, no, why would you do that? Um, and it, 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 for multiple reasons, um, mostly because I feel like sometimes that can be seen as a biphobic, but also I, for me, like culturally and politically speaking, the pansexual identity has always been a bit of a question mark. Um, I never knew where exactly to kind of place it in terms of things. Um, and for me, sometimes I feel like it's even maybe transphobic in a way, um, or used in a very transphobic way to kind of like other trans people, because it's like, some people might use it like, oh hey, I'm attracted to women, and then now I'm attracted to this trans woman, so I have to like change it to fit mm. her into it instead mm. of just saying that I'm straight or bisexual or whatever. Yeah. And also, if you're bi and then not wanting to wanting to be kind of inclusive, but then you're kind of being biphobic because you're implying that bisexuality as an identity is transphobic. And um, circling back to like the idea of pansexuality, for me, like describe sometimes the attraction to people regardless of their gender I feel like that's offensive a little bit because for me at least I take a lot of pride in my gender and it is part of my identity um you know it's like it's like saying like hey I'm attracted to you but not your gender but like it doesn't make sense because yeah exactly right and I just I don't know how do you guys feel about it that's interesting because I, I feel like that whole like uh, bisexual and pansexual discourse has been going on for so long um, and I don't identify as either so I feel like I don't really well I used to identify as pansexual but um, now I don't anymore I'll get into that in a bit because it ha- has a point to this as well but um, I always understood bisexuality as also or as what I see a lot of the times bisexual people saying as well is it doesn't mean you're only attracted to men and women but other genders as well so to be honest for myself mm-hmm. it's like kind of interchangeable but then also not and I think it's mostly what you feel the most comfortable with is what you identify as but um, that was one of the I think misconceptions a lot of white people have been trying to get out of the way is that it means you're only attracted to genders when it means you're can be attracted to more if you identify as being bisexual that's how I see it when it comes to that. Um, in regards to other, like, 
I guess it's sexuality and attraction to other people or also other people's attraction to me. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm struggling with that too. Because I'm like, um, do you understand that or do you see me as a woman or not? I think that's what, what sometimes keeps me back from like dating people. So I'm like, do I have to like have this conversation with you? Like, you know, I'm non-binary, but do you actually see me as non-binary or just there's just something like ah oh, Sam is cool like, I guess I'll just use dating pronouns but you still see me as a woman and that's a problem for me because that's not who I am but also you know if that's how you're gonna treat me it's it's gonna cause an issue at some point um, so that's something I do struggle with at the moment but also um, I realize language changes a lot or it adapts a lot too and the meaning of things changes um, and adapts a lot too for example the discourse right now being had on the identifying as being a lesbian for example um i do feel <laughs> i do identify as a lesbian now and before i wasn't comfortable with it because i was like okay but i'm not only attracted to women but I, you know, it's, it's like, but it is the closest I feel to sexuality-wise, I guess. But, so I was like struggling with that a lot. And then like, uh, I saw a few TikToks on this discourse. And some people kind of mentioned that it kind of has changed to just being uh, kind of like an umbrella term too. For people who just, are they identify more on the female spectrum of things. But also experiences because you know like it's the difference being assigned female at birth and your experiences look way different than someone who might be um who has been assigned male at birth um and your your life experiences your attraction the way you look at people the way you love and the way you feel about people is in a very specific amount versus you know if you it was the other way around and so it kind of the, like the term lesbian kind of encapsulates all of that. Um, I have no idea if I'm making sense right now, <laughs> but because I am still trying to figure it out for myself. But it made me feel more comfortable with the label because it's like okay, I feel included, and I also understand why other non-binary people also identify as lesbian because it kind of not only the sexuality, but some of them even like correlated with their gender. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that was a lot for me to like get into even, but it made sense at some point. And I'm like, yeah, because that, that's how, you know, language is, is interchangeable and how it like keeps adapting. And I guess the moral to the story is, and it's about what one you are comfortable with, but also when it comes to other people's attraction, they need to understand for themselves, do they understand who you are and what your gender is? Yeah. You know? True. And... Yeah. And also on your own personal definition and experience of mm -hmm. bisexuality, lesbianism, uh, pansexuality, what you understood it to be when you just learned about it and what you understand it to be now. Mm. Um, and that can always change. It can also change uh, a few years from now compared to what you feel now. And it's not only you and your own personal experience, but also the zeitgeist and what people around are um, doing with that information, just like with the term queer in general. Yeah. Um, back in the day, it used to be offensive. And now, people 
uh, in the queer community are um, have reclaimed it, not are reclaiming it, but have already reclaimed it. And it's only the people who are stuck in the past who keep insisting that it's a derogatory term. Um, but also those same people, if they use it, you know that they use it in a derogatory way. So then that's also not okay. It's only if um, people who are actually living the experiences um, choose to use it for themselves, then that's okay. You just basically have to listen. If you're not part of that community, don't um, overstep anything. Don't assume that you get to do whatever you want. Just listen from the people around you and they will guide you. And you just have to be open-minded and follow their guidance. And if you make a mistake, then just fucking be humble about it. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, be like, oh, well, didn't know. I'll do better next time. Just like correction on the history on the word queer. Oh. Um, I think it did start off as offensive, but then it was reclaimed like in the past. Um, so it's actually more of an older term. And now it's just being seen as like offensive again. What? And that's mostly due to TERFs. Mm. Ah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. But yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, and aside from that, like, to slide on, it's really important for the other person to, like, see you, like, fully as you. Okay. And um, I really agree with that as well, fully, 100%. Um, and actually, like, again, me and my boyfriend was were having this conversation and partially also because I did start exploring more of my non-binariness when I was already in the relationship. And um, we were kind of talking about like how, when you get to know a person, right? Like you might be attracted to like their eye, their hair color, whatever. Um, but then you, that's like just the initial basis of attraction, right? And then it forms into like this whole thing that you kind of get to know the person and you kind of start loving them in their entirety. And um, I link that back to kind of to sexuality because like you might be attracted to like a smidgen of masculinity that this person presents or a smidgen of femininity, but then you kind of get to know the person as a whole and it's really important to respect that whole. And also I really relate to your experience of how you use lesbian because I have the same, but with gay, obviously. Um, I know my attraction isn't solely based or isn't solely towards guys Mm -hmm. but it's just I just always felt like gay fit my experience the most um at some point I did kind of start moving away and start toying with the idea of maybe being bisexual but then that also didn't really fully fit at some point I was like kind of queer I I don't even really know what I am Mm -hmm. now but um yeah so I really relate to that part that you were talking about yeah I think for me it's it's indeed it's that that I think one thing, and I think it, it comes back to what Kim said uh, way in the beginning, is about reaching that point when you're at peace, knowing that you don't have to figure it all out and you just feel the way you feel. Um, and I have that with my sexuality too. It's like, this is how I feel the most comfortable at that time right now. It might change in the future. It might not. That, that I don't necessarily want to define it for myself constantly, it doesn't have to be defined constantly, it just needs to fit right now and that's it, Um, and whatever happens in the future happens in the future, and I think that let go of, I let go of a lot of anxiety towards my non-binariness as well, to do with that, I was like first 
very like obsessed with the idea that I have to identify this for myself. I have to like define it for myself because what the fuck does this mean? And now I'm like, listen, just fucking chill. You um, will figure it out for yourself, but also just exist as you are, and that's yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you <laughs> 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 um, I have to say, um, since the whole coming out, since the whole figuring it out, um, I have been fortunate enough to meet someone who saw me um, in my complete non-binariness without having to explain much, which was a once in a lifetime experience and I am forever grateful to them. And uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain how that felt, but it felt it just felt really, really peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, not having to defend a part of you, not having to choose um, or, or have to... Um, so yeah, so I was uh, born as a female, but I don't identify as a woman you know, you don't have to choose to be neither. You're just you, and they see you for you. So you don't have to prove anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. have to exist. Yes. Hey, you got to fucking chill. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, when it comes to that part, I am very fortunate to have had that experience. Uh, when it comes to sexuality, though, um, I have been struggling with it. Um, I am coming more to terms with it as well, To with the term lesbian um i was to say i was never attracted to guys is a lie but um (laughs) i i am not attracted to men in any emotional or romantic or sexual way i just find certain men attractive and that's it Mm. you know um that has nothing to do with my sexuality Ah, okay, but then in a regular way, in a regular anybody could look at another person yeah. regardless and, and yeah. be like, attractive, not yeah. attractive. Exactly. That's pretty. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Yeah, that's, pretty. that's a pretty humor right there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not even, it's not that deep. It's just literally yeah. attractive person, yeah. not attractive yeah. person. Boom. Yeah. But the thing that made it... <laughs> You're ugly. <laughs> 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 Train. There was this guy, he has such a nice beard, but his hair was hideous. No. So I had to say that. I'm like, you have a pretty face, but your hair makes your face look hideous. Did you did you see that? No, no, no. Oh. It was just in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. Um but the my sexual orientation has been a struggle since um discovering and accepting my gender identity. Um mm. Because I am not a woman, but for me, being a lesbian means you're a woman who's attracted to women. And since the last year and a half, two years-ish, it has been slowly morphing into what Shadi just explained. Um, It is just more than that, you know? Um, Yeah, I'm not going to repeat everything that they just said. (laughs) Just scroll back in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you already forgot. <laughs> uh, but no, for me right now, 
it, um, I am more okay with um, calling myself a lesbian, a non-binary lesbian, if you will, mm -hmm. um, because I am not a woman, but I am a female assigned at birth, and I am attracted to female assigned at birth people, however they decide to um, <coughs> identify themselves. Yeah. Because it also compounds the experience as well. Yeah. How you really view the world and stuff like that. I think it's also very important to note that um, I feel like we always, um, if I think about the queer community and how vicious we can be sometimes in attacking each other for just trying to figure certain things out. Yeah, and unforgiving too. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like um, your definition. Is maybe not the same as me, and I'm not trying to invalidate your experience or your definition. It's just how I see it for myself. Um, and I think this whole point is because obviously we have to constantly defend ourselves to cis hetero people. So I think that kind of like boils down to that that we constantly have to um, justify and um, have our experiences be invalidated constantly. So we're constantly like doing that to ourselves, and like, no, 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 you have to. You can't like identify as this or you can't do that. It's like I, I just want to be free to figure it out for myself without feeling that like attacked, you know? Mm -hmm. I just want to be Yeah. yeah. Literally. <laughs> like if you come to think of it, this is technically something that's very personal and that you only really discuss uh, in this many details with a few people that you love. You don't go around telling your colleagues or mm -hmm your yeah. casual acquaintances or whatever um you don't discuss this with just anybody you discuss it with like only the people closest to you and you would hope that those would also be the people who um are there for your journey and respectful of your journey um so this podcast is also um an exception to the rule that you guys are discussing it um in this much detail but it's also everybody's personal experience. Mm -hmm. And so. normally you wouldn't, like, think to yourself. You wouldn't have any conversation explaining your sexuality or your um, gender to anybody. Mm -hmm. So why would you feel like somebody else would owe you that too just because it doesn't compute with whatever you decided mm -hmm. a while ago? Um, so, yeah, I think that this is... Uh, honestly a blessing for people to even get an inside look um, mm, yeah. into what other people experience but also mind your business <laughs> i think that's the whole like point of this guy yeah. <laughs> it's like first of all um be free and find peace in discovering who you are as you are and also mind your fucking business not yeah. hard um but i also had like another question so something i have been mulling over talking for a while and speaking of the terms we identify or not with, how do y'all feel about identifying as transgender? Or as a label of transgender? I have a lot of difficulty with that. <laughs> um, uh, if, if I may get into it. Yeah. Um, uh, disclaimer to those listening, heads up. Um, this is something very personal. And I'm about to say this to the whole fucking world. Yay! Um... I have decided I want to get top surgery eventually. I said it. Ah. Um, but that means for me, um, 
or doesn't mean, how am I gonna continue identifying myself? Um, I don't feel like a man, so I'm not gonna transition into a man, so therefore I'm not a trans man. Um, but I am still kind of figuring it out where on that spectrum I fall. Um, I look up to this very specific person, shout out to Thorn Vineyard. <laughs> um, they've been on Curacao, uh, or I'm not sure if they are still there, but anyway, there's a picture of them, um, topless in their swim shorts on the beach with the uh, top surgery done and honestly fucking goals. For me, going home, because Curacao, that's where I'm from, um, being free like that, for me, that is my ultimate goal. Um, but in terms of uh, the gender identity, um, I definitely don't feel that I belong on either side of the trans spectrum. Mm -hmm. For me, it's still, I am neither. So, mm -hmm. yeah, non-binary just fits it for me, I guess. Yeah. And then when do you feel at your absolute best um, in general, like with your gender or orientation, just when do you feel like, ah, fucking yes? When I am wearing loose shorts, um, uh, at this moment a super tight sports bra that uh, kind of covers my tits, <laughs> and when my muscles show, I don't know, that aesthetic, that physical aesthetic for me, yeah, that's, that's it for me, yeah. Nice. Okay, yeah, so for me, um, I just kind of boil it down really simple. I'm not, I don't feel like the gender I was assigned at birth, so I'm trans. Um, but within that, it has so many connotations and I feel like people always have questions or ideas about what that's supposed to mean um for me that's just a very simple way of like being like i'm not the gender i was assigned at birth whatever that may mean whatever shape that may take now or in the future it's to be seen um but outside of that um i also think it's like about all of these little boxes that we try to like fit ourselves in or fit our experience in right mm -hmm. Um, and going back to like my meditation or the trip I took to Skateboarding Um you know, on that trip, on that meditation, um, I realized just so many things about myself and all of these versions that are of myself that I was like, you know, I'm a complex being, right? Like, um, I don't have to be just one thing all the time. I can be multiple things every day. All the time. I'm not sure where it was going with this. I had a point. But. Roll <laughs> <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So like if one day I wake up and decide to transition. I transition right. But um, in that also. Like on that trip. I was thinking to myself. Like. Um, who would I be if I transitioned right. Who would I even be if I was assigned female at birth. Um. And I sat down and thought about like my many interests and obviously if I was assigned female at birth um, my journey would have been totally different 
but I still feel like I would have ended up at the same place because I still would have rebelled. I still would have, um, like, I mean, I would have had more access, access to more feminine stuff, maybe, but I still would have rebelled and still found my way to the masculine stuff that I like. I like cars. I like video games. I like cartoons, the stuff that are typically more reserved for boys. Um, and sometimes I like to dress masculine, right? Like, I think as a kid, I hated it. But now as an adult, I've grown to appreciate that part of me. So sometimes I dress masculine. Um, and I think to myself, like, yeah, I would have probably been in hoodies all the time. I wouldn't be, like, wearing dresses. Like, that's not me. Like, why try to force myself into, like, this role, into, like, this person that I'm not just to, like, fit this identity of like transness right yeah. like it doesn't make sense i can still be me i can still wear hoodies i can still like my beard like some women have beards right yeah. um gender isn't like this one thing and like that's i guess what i'm trying to say is like it's complex it's it can go so many different ways it can be so many different things and you need to allow yourself that freedom to kind of explore all that it can be Beautifully said. Yeah. I, love, I love that. Yeah. Um, the reason I ask is actually I that has been the last leg of my journey in these past two months. Um, because it, it also made me realize that I have very specific views of what a transgender person is because of the shit we've been fed her all our whole lives. The very the stereotypes, the the, the the you know these type of things like body dysmorphia that um I I felt like. Um, I kind of felt bad or I didn't want to feel like I can use a label that I have no right to use because I didn't feel like I was either a trans woman or, tra or a trans man in this case because I can't, can't be a trans woman. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Um, uh, I hope everyone got that, what I meant. But um, I, 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 like, so I, I didn't feel like either spectrum side, like, you know, a man or woman. So I was like, okay, but that also means I can't be transgender because that's what it is, right? Yes. But 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 the more I started learning about what it means, the more I started delving into the whole gender stuff, then I realized it transgender literally means you were you don't identify with the gender you were assigned at birth. And that is what I am, or that's how I identify. I do not identify with that gender. So I was mulling it over for quite some time, and then what helped was seeing other examples of people who, um, why they um, say that they use the term, or explaining about that, and explaining in the fact that it's the same as non-binary, it's also an umbrella. And we have very specific stereotypes of what we believe to be of transgender men and transgender women, and what they should look like or should feel. Um, you know, the dysphoria part, like not everyone has dysphoria in that way. Um, some trans people do, some trans people don't. Um, some trans people can only feel good in their bodies with gender reaffirming surgery. Some don't. Some choose not to because they don't need it, but that doesn't invalidate their gender. So, there's a gender they identify as. So, you know, all of these different things kind of made me realize or get more comfortable with that idea also made me realize not everyone is comfortable and sh don't have to be comfortable with the idea of you know identifying as trans but I um, realized these past two 
once I would say <laughs> that I do identify with that term um, I also like started mulling over I think I was too scared to think about it in the beginning because I didn't want to as in the name okay but what I am if I am a trans man like that that's a lot to take in and I don't want to like do that <laughs> because not because I didn't want to but because I just knew what kind of life that would mean for me mm. and so that was very scary to even think about <laughs> But then, like, I, I also realized, okay, you have to face this, otherwise you're never going to be happy being yourself if you don't ask these questions. Um, and so, I did, I, like, one of the things that kind of helped me, and this is going to sound very childish, but it worked for me, <laughs> um, I like to play video games. Um, <laughs> and I recently bought this game, which I'm obsessed with. It's the best thing for, like, an ADHD person to ever have, or in my case. Um, it's called Star Stardew Valley, and it's this, like... I guess, like, if you ever played Farmville in the past, it's a little bit Whoa. like that. Farmville. Um, throwback. Sheesh, warn us before you throw in that word. Okay, continue. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, like, Stardew Valley is, like, you you play this character who was, like, has been working this 9 to 5, um, you know, cube desk job and got tired of it. And then um, finds a will of their grandfather that had a farm basically inheriting the farm in this like town like off, off the coast of somewhere and you move there and you live your life there and like you literally farm and forge and it's fucking fun i don't know i get, anyways and then like at some point i but the problem with that game is you can only identify as male or female when you're creating your character and so it's like ugh, fine whatever i'll do female because you know, um, and I noticed even with games or even when, like, at this point, I guess I'm so comfortable in my non-barrenness that I feel uncomfortable when people, um, see me as a woman or, like, call me a woman or use she, her, whatever. And then, uh, so I already felt uncomfortable with that. And I was like, you know, so what if I, like, create a male, uh, character? How would I feel about this? <laughs> and then I created a male character. And um, I was playing around with it, and at first I was like, oh, this feels different, this feels interesting. I don't hate it. But then, like, once I started, like, getting into it and leaning into it, I was like, yeah, but this doesn't feel good either. Like, this doesn't feel, this feels so final, but I don't, that's, I'm, it's not like that either. So, like, once I finally allowed myself to mull over that idea of I could be a trans man, I realized that's not enough for me. Or, like, it doesn't fit for me either like I mean I knew I was already like battling with my issues that I have with my femininity because of you know all things I went through growing up so like I already knew that that's something I had to do with but then the other side of what I never allowed myself to think about was also not it and that's when I kind of settled into my non-binariness and realized that okay so you don't identify as a trans man either you just simply have those moments where you do feel more masculine or do feel more feminine. And, you know, maybe in the future, I don't know if I would ever um, need um, gender reassignment surgery. But that's also okay. Um, <laughs> and it is okay if you do, but still don't identify. It's about literally, as the word says, gender reaffirming surgery. So whatever gender you need to feel reaffirmed as, and if that surgery is going to help you with that, that's it. And whatever that is, that's your definition. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I <laughs> look at it now and mm -hmm. how I settled more into 
my identity. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. And I really like how you linked it back to video games. Because that's also like an experience that I've had. Um, just all the time, like choosing women and yeah. just living in that. But also sometimes going back to men and then going back to women and then kind of going back and forth. Um, I think the best game so far that I've played um, was Animal Crossing, similar to Stardew Valley. Shout out But I felt so good in that game because like, I could just, anytime that I woke up, I would go and dress my little character up and I would just be like, whatever I wanted to wear, like if it was a dress that day, I would wear a dress, it was like pants and more boy clothes, I would be more boy. And, and the good part about it is that the body, the face, everything isn't mm-hmm. shaped in a particular feminine or masculine way, right? Yeah. So it's just androgynous, so you can just be whatever you want to be, like, every day. And that was really reaffirming for me because, like, it allowed me to just, like, show up as myself, as my full 100% right, yeah. self every day. Like, if I could shape shift and... Maybe even my ideal self. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know, it was just really nice. That's a video game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's very uh, underrated, but again, that's a different conversation. Um, yes, uh, this has been a really good conversation. We've touched upon a lot of topics. Is there anything uh, that any of you have been really wanting to get out there? I already said what I really wanted to get out there. <laughs> also, fucking high five to you. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, sorry, parents. But, um. Oops. Hashtag not sorry. Like, not sorry. <laughs> yep. You gotta live my true life. True yeah. self. I, I, yeah. yeah. You know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wanted to uh, quickly add, um, Shadi, thank you for, um, explaining your experience on how you see the umbrella term trans that gave me a slight different perspective now to ponder on so thank you for that um, purely just for myself um, how I see the definition of things mm-hmm. yeah okay guys this is what it means to be open-minded <laughs> write it down learn from us <laughs> But yeah, I think I just want to say to round this off. Um, I think we don't take enough time to step back and also realize what it means to live in our truth in this society. And honestly, how brave I find it <laughs> that we do what we do. And even though knowing what it means to live this way, what challenges and what violence it can come with. Um, still realizing that, you know, it's death or having to be a fake person or, you know, not living in your truth and then still being brave enough to do that, um, I think is something to be commended. And we want to thank y'all for joining us on this episode today. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> thank you for having us. <coughs> <laughs>
Okay, that was probably one of my favorite conversations I've had so far on this podcast. I might be biased, I'm just saying. Definitely biased. <laughs> but that was a very lo- lovely, like, uh, open conversation. Um, it's also partly why we decided to do it in two parts. Because if you had not listened to the first episode, then you could already tell. In this episode, we talk about a lot of things. Um, in the first episode, we also mostly touched upon, you know, um, the meaning behind things, like meaning behind non-binary, meaning behind pronouns, meaning behind, you know, and here, I think, especially in this episode, we dive deeper into, yeah, personal experiences, mm-hmm. maybe. And also, um, to me, it was the nicest to hear that the same thing can mean different things to uh, three different people who all three identify as non-binary. Yeah. Um, so I think it's uh, definitely worth considering all um, points of views. And also that obviously goes to say that um, not every single person, just because they use the same or similar label, means that they have the exact same experience. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that any ally could do is just to ask their friend, um some questions and first of all ask if it's okay to uh, start asking questions at any given moment but just you know to have that conversation with your friend about their own identity and not necessarily think that just because you heard one episode or i guess two parts of an episode yeah. um here that means that you know everything yeah and then you're an expert and then you can go tell other people how to Calm down. This is just, yeah. you know. Calm <laughs> down. Okay. But yeah, so also the reason why we um, make this in two parts. So, you know, not all of the information gets lost into translation and it's better to digest. It was a very nice conversation to have. And I think I also want to add, especially like I've been thinking about that a lot these last few weeks. Um, we do live in a time where I notice there's a lot of pushback again against... Well, there's always been pushback, obviously. But uh, it's just getting more violent, I noticed lately. Just a lot of pushback against uh, trans people, against queer people, against, you know, women. <laughs> people that have a uterus. Uh, just there's a lot of pushback in general. And I do... Um, I think it's uh, interesting to emphasize how even these type of conversations are very revolutionary and... Uh, I'm glad we have the privilege to keep talking about these things. Yeah. But yeah, a little bit about a queer party. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> part of being able to experience who you are mm-hmm. and like experiment in different ways of expressing yourself is to have safe spaces to do that. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what we were trying to do with the party. Yeah. And to those who could join... Thanks, because so you guys fun. made the party so special, and it was yes. so nice to be able to see everybody having fun and letting loose. Oh, it was the best, like, really seeing people come into their own, and some of them for the first time, um, seeing them in a different light, and being more themselves than I've ever seen them, uh, you know, and, and you know, one of the interesting things is a, a lot of comments that we would get at the party was people just feel generally safe and comfortable. Um, one very interesting comment that a friend of ours made was, um, you know, what was very interesting, we were all dancing, all having a good time, all like around each other and each other's space, but I didn't feel like, um, pushed in a single like second, like as in, you know, when someone walks by you and then like hits you or like, like get like shoved in general. general. And uh, he mentioned how 
every single experience he has in clubs wherever no matter where he is even mm. if he's standing on, on the back of the wall people will still somehow find a way to yeah shove themselves in huh. and then i was like whoa wow that was like very interesting to me because i noticed like when i'm in other spaces that not not all not not only it's necessarily by poc you know with way more white people that is a very mm. common experience i don't know what's very interesting but um <laughs> i think we wanted to make this party because um yeah i think you guys went to another party a caribbean party uh, yeah. so i think it's awesome that we started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic and yeah. then I say this between air quotes because it's not actually the end of the pandemic. But when one of the first Caribbean parties um, were mm -hmm. thrown, quote unquote, after the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, you guys went uh, right to the first party and then they were like, yo, this fucking sucks. This they were being homophobic on stage so and nobody horrible. was saying anything about it. And that's how the idea for the party was born. Yeah, we were like already thinking, okay, what kind of party could we do? We want to, you know, create a space where everyone could just like chill and escape the fucking misery of the world at the moment. And then we're like, you know what? So we don't have and we need more of is a queer Caribbean party. Mm -hmm. And that's where Queer Dreams came from. So I think um, in that sense, our mission was pretty successful. Um, yeah, I think we also were lucky that everybody we know is queer. Yeah, <laughs> so we could just point to any random friend and say, "Let's organize a party together," and yeah. they would be queer. So yeah, that's that pretty great. safe. <laughs> uh, but all in all, queer dreams was really a really a dream, yeah. pun intended. <laughs> um, and I really, I'm, I'm glad we get to do these type of things, you know, um, in many different ways, like with this podcast, with this uh, episode with this these parties or these events that we create and just step by step creating safer spaces for people to come into their own and discover their identities and yeah, yeah. so and nice. uh, you mentioned before already that uh, the party was organized uh, together with um, Alexine and Ihmara from Six Island Zine or I guess we shouldn't be using government names. I mean Iki and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Iki and Alex from um, Six Island Zine, yes. Um, um, and of course the the regular team from Kulturama. Yes. So the five of us actually, the not five. just the three that you see in pictures. Yes. Uh, our like I said, our our third half, Ava. <laughs> and then of course Kim and Kenny who have just become as much as the part of our team as uh, the three of us. So Yeah, it was a lovely experience also to have um, have had organized it with this group of people because I do feel like we connect really well with each other. And I think it like translates into the party itself and how the experience was for a lot of people. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad um, everybody had fun. Yeah. We also had fun, even though I've. The, I've made an assessment afterwards and 100% of us were delirious. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think very much so, yeah. But they ended up five. Why did we do that to ourselves? I don't know. We were just like, I was definitely running on fumes and <laughs> adrenaline at the end. Um, yeah. And I could not be happier. Okay, that's a lie. I was kind of sad, but like, you know, at five o'clock when the lights went on, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap right here. Right here on the floor. Oh my God. 
<laughs> it was such an experience, and uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe. Well, I mean, you're you're acting coy, but people at the party or oh, yeah. before the party were already telling us, "I'm gonna be there for the second edition," <laughs> and all of us looking at each other like, "What second edition? Yeah, what? I didn't. Did, I who didn't. Who? 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 who, who Okay, this. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. I think we kind of been bullied into creating yeah, a second. I don't think one. we have a choice. No, People will, we don't. They were all like, yeah. I think they'll uh, protest. They'll shut down the highways with your tractors. <laughs> okay, I think it's about time to yeah. wrap this up. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's hope you all hope you all enjoyed. And uh, see you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Oh my god! One example of a ridiculously gendered thing. Uh, um, clothing, shaving cream, babies. Not <laughs> the babies. Uh, I mean, yes. Honestly, fuck gender reveal parties. Uh, <laughs> this isn't a competition, but can you win? <laughs> Always, I feel though.